Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. God is not mad at you and nothing can keep him from loving you. Can somebody say amen? Hear that loud and clear. God is not mad at you, and nothing can keep him from loving you. The title of today's message is simply this, God's not mad at you. I just think that way too many people live wondering if God is angry or disappointed or mad at them. Let me just ask you this question. You don't have to answer out loud, but it is worth thinking about. Would God want to rescue you if he was mad at you? I don't think so. And it's important that we remember that when you and I didn't have one iota of love for him, when you and I were living away from him, disconnected from him, Come on, rebellious at times. God demonstrated, he proved his love for you and he proved his love for me by sending Jesus Christ to die for us so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be set free, so that we can live in victory. Not just so that we can go to heaven when we die, but also so that we could experience some of heaven while we live. Can somebody say amen? See, God doesn't want you to just wait till you get through the pearly gate to experience life. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. He wants you to live with life that fuels you from God, from heaven, from the power of his spirit. So I just want to remind you, God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's on your side. Our theme scripture John 3, 16, we looked at it last week, but I want to look at it again this week as we get started, and we're going to read it from the Amplified Classic Version Bible, the AMPC. So I want us to read it together, okay? On the count of three, we're going to read together, nice and loud, those of you that are with us, one, two, three. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten, unique son so that whoever believes in, trusts in, clings to, relies on him, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. Can somebody say amen? Let me just remind you, everlasting life speaks not only of duration of life, it also speaks to quality of life. Let me say it again. Walking with Jesus is good. Living life with Jesus is better than living life without him. And when you make a decision 
And when I make a decision to live life with Jesus, over time, if we'll lean into the relationship, life will get better. It doesn't have to stay the same. God loves each of you as if there were only one of you. God loves each of you as if there were only one of you. So this is our second week in the series that we started last week, and the title is two words, So Loved. That's the title of our series, So Loved, and we took it from John 3, 16. And I want you to remember that we have a theme this year in 2022 for the church, for Lakeshore. Here's our theme, only God can do it. Come on, say it with me. Only God can do it. I promise there might be an area or two in your life and in my life when we look at it, we're going like, wow, only God can do it. If there's going to be a change, only God can change it. If there's going to be a breakthrough, only God can bring it. If there's going to be a restoration, if there's going to be a healing, if there's going to be a job, if there's going to be an advancement, only God can do it. That's our theme. And we caught that from Mark 9, 23, where Jesus said, nothing is impossible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes. Why? Because we serve the God of the impossible. Here's the thing, friend. I believe with all of my heart, if we're going to experience breakthrough this year, if we're going to see God do what only God can do, we will have to be absolutely 100% convinced. We'll have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. We'll have to receive fresh and anew. And then we'll have to begin to walk it out and experience it. We have to know, we have to know that we know that God loves us. Amen. Even when we mess up, God loves you. Even when you're not perfect, God loves you. Parents, even when you mess up with your kids, God loves you. Nothing will ever change God's love for you. And last week, we talked about three things that we identified real quick. Number one, you're so loved by God. Number two, in Christ, you're his masterpiece. And number three, God demonstrated and proved his love for you by sending Jesus to die for you. Now, I want to interject this. This is so important. Hear me. The Bible does speak of the wrath of God. Has anybody ever heard anything from the Bible in regards to the wrath of God with a show of hands, right? A couple of people. For some people, I mean, I don't think that we use that word a lot, wrath. But the Bible does speak of it. And I want to show you a verse uh, that speaks of it so that we can tie it into where I'm going. In John chapter 3, verse 36, it says this. He who believes in the Son, that's Jesus, has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now, I just want to clarify something where it says does not believe. When you look that up, the original translation literally means this. Rejecting belief, refusing obedience, or refusing to be convinced and refusing to believe. In other words, God gives you and I a choice as to whether or not we'll believe that Jesus is the sacrifice for our sins. And so some people reject, some people refuse, some people will not. Some people have chosen to not believe that. Now, there is a time at the end of the age, when we stand before God as judge, those of us 
who have rejected Jesus, if that applies to anybody watching or listening, it says that there will be wrath experienced. Not because God doesn't love you, though. See, this is where it gets confusing. God sent Jesus to the world, not to the church. He sent Jesus to people who are sinners, not to people who are already right with him. So anybody experienced the wrath of God on judgment for eternity, it's because they rejected the only sacrifice for our sins, and they rejected, in essence, listen to me, the love of God. Pastor Robert, what do you mean? See, Jesus is the answer to all of life's problems. Jesus is the solution to all of life's problems, but Jesus came by way of love. Amen. The Bible says, because God loved you and because God loved me, he sent Jesus. So I just want you to know that there is wrath reserved for judgment, reserved for all eternity, but not for those of us who have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. There's only one way to the Father, and Jesus said it. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I am the life. This word wrath in John is only used one other time from John in the book of Revelation. And it literally means a righteous anger of a judge who's issuing punishment for a crime. Somebody might say, what's the crime? The crime is rejecting the love of God through Jesus. He's the only sacrifice for our sins. So we don't want to reject the love of God through Jesus. Amen? We want to receive that. Let me show you in Romans 5, 1 and 2 about some of the good news that we have in the person of Jesus. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Out of the amplified version, it's kind of wordy. You don't have to read it. I'm going to read it to you. Listen to what the Bible says. Therefore... Since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God, by faith, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God and the joy of reconciliation with Him through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed. Through Him, we have also access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. Notice this part. It says, let us grasp the fact that we have peace with God. Come on, it's good news to know that when you receive Jesus, you are placed in peace with God. There's no animosity there's no disconnect. He's not, he's not holding anything against us anymore. This word peace literally means perfect harmony between individuals. An exemption from wrath and anger. Complete and total rest and tranquility. Isn't it good to know that when you come into a relationship with God through Jesus, you're at peace with God. There's, there's, there's no animosity, there's no anger, there's no wrath, completely exempt from any judgment. You're acquitted. You know what acquitted means? Guiltless. Come on, somebody say amen. That's good news, because I know that we're all guilty for doing things, but in Jesus, God holds us guiltless because of Jesus. That's good news. Write this down, write this down. Here's your first truth I want to share with you. In Christ... I am at peace with God. This is important. There's a lot of people in churches. I'm not thinking of any specific church, 
But I think there's a lot of times where we might hear a message that declares something contrary to that, that is condemning, that is full of fire, hell, and brimstone. There's a place for that, but not for the people of God, not for the one who's already received Jesus Christ. We're at peace with God. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 38. I'm just going to read it real quick, but let me tell you real quick before I read it what it's about. Peter, he's been called by God, and he's going to preach to some people at a man's house. And the man loves God, and he, he wants a fuller understanding of God and how to find salvation. So he calls for Peter to be brought to his house. And before his, Peter's brought to his house, the man invites his friends, he invites his neighbors, and he invites some of his family. By the way, these are not neighbors and friends who have a strong relationship with God through Jesus. They're searching, and they're trying to discover truth and God. And so we're going to pick up in Acts 10, 34 through 38, and Peter's preaching. It says this, then Peter replied, and he says, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who reverence him or fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God. That message of good news is still available for people that are non-Jewish. This was back to them in Israel, but it's for us now today. Through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. Verse 37. He says, you know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John the Baptist began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus... Think about this. Look at Jesus. Then Jesus, he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Somebody say amen. This is good news. This is what Peter was preaching to people who were disconnected from God. Now, the thing about it is, if you see the story in Acts, all of those people got saved. All of those people received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. While he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. The Bible even says they began to speak with tongues and prophesy. They were just so full of the Spirit as preacher was preaching the message that it just hit them in such a powerful way, and they came into the family of God. I have a visual that I want to point to. Vinny, if we can put the visual up there, I want you to see the visual, and I want to ask you, where are you? Where are you? On one side, we've got the majority of people, and they're in their sin still because they're separated from God through Christ. They're in their rebellion still because they haven't chosen to follow God through Jesus Christ. They're separated. They're in sin. They're in rebellion. That's where the, the majority of the world lives. Jesus said, there, there's, there's going to become a time where we're going to notice, man, there's a, there's a way that's broad, that leads to destruction, but there's a way that's narrow that leads to life. Most people don't want to choose to follow God. So on one side, we got all these people. But, and, and in the middle, there's this big gap. And the only solution to the gap is the cross. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we accept him, we can walk across that kind of like a bridge over the separation gap. And then we get put in this other category. Notice on this side, in Christ, we have peace with God. We have forgiveness for our sins. We have an abundant life. We have eternal life. This is what God wants for his people that are walking with Jesus. The good news of Jesus Christ is that there's peace with God. God's not holding your sins against you anymore. God's not mad at you. God's on your side. He wants to help 
you live your life. Isn't that good news, church? That's good news. Okay, Pastor Robert, uh, I get that. God's not mad at me. I have peace with God, but I still make mistakes. I still sin. Come on. Uh, Don't raise your hand. I'll raise your hand for you. Okay, we all do. We all mess up. Get in line. We mess up. So here's what I want you to know. Write this down or notice it. Make a mental note at least. In Christ, I am righteous. That's important. Say it with me. In Christ, I am righteous. What does that mean? 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. For God the Father made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ, who knew no sin. He never sinned, not even once, his entire life. Not one sin. He followed the commandments. He followed the law of God Perfect to the T, that's the thing that made him the perfect ultimate sacrifice for a sinful people. Amen? And when he died on the cross, the Bible says that he took our sin, our shame, what we were guilty of, upon himself. He became sin, and then this big divine exchange took place. God, in his love, in his mercy, he put the righteousness, the right standing that was on Jesus, between him and Jesus, he put it on you. And he put it on me. And he actually made us righteous before him. Pastor Robert, okay, do I got a pass to continue to live like a dirty old dog? No, 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 no. You don't got a pass to live any way you want to. Certainly not, amen? Listen, the grace of God that makes us righteous is the grace of God that will teach us how to live righteously, amen? We're going to learn how to live God's way. And there's blessings connected to learning how to live God's way. There's protection. There's provision. There's guidance. But I want you to hear this, friend. When you accept Jesus Christ, you're not still a sinner. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Have you ever heard somebody say this? I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Anybody ever? I know what that means. I get it. I get it. But I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not going to use a bad word. I don't, wanna, I don't like to use bad words. But I, I'm a stickler for something. When I, when I see something, it's not quite right. I don't want to use that term because that's not right. So I don't want to say I'm just a sinner Saved by grace. I was a sinner. Now I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of his grace. Amen. That doesn't mean I don't sin still on occasion. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. No, don't ask her. But what it does mean is that my old sinful nature is under the blood. Can somebody say amen? My old sinful nature is dead, buried in God. Amen? And we have a new nature, a Christ-like nature. When God pulls out his wallet, if he had one, he would see your picture there, and he would say, that's my daughter. That's my son. They're righteous before me. They're right before me. I found a little video. It's not long, maybe two or three minutes. I think we can tee up the video. And I just want us to get a super crystal clear picture of what it means to be righteous before God. Let's play that video if we can. That would be real helpful. Turn what is righteousness? We're going to answer that question. 
Dictionaries define righteousness as behavior that is morally justifiable or right. Such behavior is characterized by accepted standards of morality, justice, virtue, or uprightness. The Bible's standard of human righteousness is God's own perfection in every attribute, every attitude, every behavior, and every word. Thus, God's laws, as given in the Bible, both describe His own character and constitute the plumb line by which He measures human righteousness. The Greek New Testament word for righteousness primarily describes conduct in relation to others, especially with regards to the rights of others in business, legal matters, and beginning with relationship to God. It is contrasted with wickedness, the conduct of the one who, out of gross self-centeredness, neither reveres God nor respects man. The Bible describes the righteous person as just or right, holding to God and trusting in Him. The bad news is that true and perfect righteousness is not possible for man to attain on his own. The standard is simply too high. The good news is that true righteousness is possible for mankind, but only through the cleansing of sin by Jesus Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have no ability to achieve righteousness in and of ourselves, but Christians possess the righteousness of Christ because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is an amazing truth. On the cross, Jesus exchanged our sin for his perfect righteousness so that we can one day stand before God and he will not see our sin, but the holy righteousness of the Lord Jesus. This means that we are made righteous in the sight of God. That is, we are accepted as righteous and treated as righteous by God on account of what the Lord Jesus has done. He was made sin, we are made righteousness. On the cross, Jesus was treated as if he were a sinner, though he was perfectly holy and pure. And we are treated as if we were righteous, though we are defiled and depraved. On account of what the Lord Jesus has endured on our behalf, we are treated as if we had entirely fulfilled the law of God and had never become exposed to its penalty. We have received this precious gift of righteousness from the God of all mercy and grace. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Isn't that good news? I love the fact righteousness is the character or quality of being right or just. He put that in your account because of what Jesus Christ did for us. So why is this important? Because if we're going to receive and we're going to know and we're going to begin to walk in the love of God, by the way, the more that we do that, the greater our faith will be, the more confidence we'll have in God and his promises and in life. We have to learn, first, we're at peace with God. Second, we are righteous before God. Here's the third and final truth. Write this down or make a note of it. In Christ. I am now in God's grace. Come on, say it with me. In Christ, I am now in God's grace. Romans 5.2 from the Bible, it says, Through him, we also have access by faith into this remarkable state of grace in which we firmly and safely and securely stand. By faith, we firmly and securely stand in the grace 
of God. Now, let me just say this, friend, in case you uh, missed this. The grace of God doesn't only get us saved and forgiven. The grace of God can be expanded in our life as we walk with Jesus so that it begins to give us favor. It begins to make a way where there seems to be no way. It it begins to cause, let me say it this way, uh, people's hearts to turn like a river wherever God wants them to turn on your behalf. That's the favor of God. It causes things to happen in your life because you're in God's grace and favor. That could never happen in your life when you and I are outside of God's grace and favor. The Bible says God resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. As we walk in humility before the Lord, let me just say this. Somebody needs to know. The grace of God goes before you. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's going to make adjustments in the workplace. He's going to make adjustments to things that you thought could never be adjusted. Why? Because his grace and his favor is on your life, and he wants to help you. That's the grace of God. It's so powerful. Now, it's important we know this. We don't obey God to get God's grace. We obey God because we've got God's grace. Come on, isn't that true? It's the grace of God that gives me the ability to walk in God's ways. It's the grace of God that gives me the ability to lead my life as a Christian, as a representation of the light of the world, Jesus Christ. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying you're perfect. But there's a grace of God in you that will give you the ability to live the Christian life. And we got to know that. God's grace is on us. We're in God's grace. Listen to this last verse I want to share with you, Romans 5, 17. For if by the one man's offense, that's referring to Adam back in Genesis. If by the one man's sin, by the one man's offense, Adam... Death reigned, that means death, exercised kingly authority. Death had dominion over the lives of human beings because of Adam's offense, because of Adam's sin through that one person, small letter O, one. Listen to this, second half. Much more, those who receive, that's you and I, and this receive is ongoingly take or lay hold of those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, catch this, will reign. That means you're going to exercise kingly authority, kingly dominion, not because of you, but because Jesus, our king. You're going to reign in life, listen, through the one, capital O. You see the capital O? Through the one, Jesus Christ. It's important you realize this. When we weren't saved, death reigned. Sin always leads to death. Not just ultimate death when we die physically and we're disconnected from God in heaven. That's the ultimate death. But even while we're alive, if we're not walking with God and we're not saved, everywhere we turn, death is there. Death to relationships, death to finances, death to career, death, death, death. Because the life of God isn't part of our life. So the kingdom of darkness reigns and rules like a wicked king sitting over people's lives. 
But when you get transferred into the life of God with Jesus, you're going to reign in life because of that righteous standing that you have now with Christ Jesus. The reign of the king will reign and rule through your life. Doesn't mean life is always perfect, but you've got an edge. Come on, can I say it that way? You've got an edge. You've got a kingly edge working on your behalf, working on your favor, working in your kid's life, working in your business, working in your career. Don't take a victim mentality. You're not a victim. You're victorious in Jesus Christ. Amen. You're victorious in Jesus Christ. So Pastor Robert, uh, what do I do? As we're closing our service right now, I just want to tell you one thing that you can do, and I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to pray, and we're going to seal this time of our service. Pastor Robert, what should I do? I mean, I know that God loves me, but what can I do to begin to experience his love where it's beginning to make a difference in the way I think and how I feel and what I'm experiencing in my life with my kids, my family, my career? God's love is meant to impact every area of your life. But I just want to say this. Listen to me carefully. It's, it's, it's a play on words, but it's, it's powerful. Listen to me. God's love is unconditional. Experiencing God's love is not. Let, let, me, let me tell you what I mean. God loves you. We, 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 we solidified that in the scriptures last week and this week. But now, if you and I want to experience God's love, we have to step in closer to him in our relationship with him. Pastor Robert, how do I do that? That sounds super spiritual. I mean, God's not even here. He's here in the person of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that true? So here's something you can do this week, tomorrow, tonight if you want to, right? Listen, as long as I'm your pastor, I'm going to encourage you to do this. Grab your Bible. Cut out some time. If you're a busy mom, do your best to set your kids up to be occupied for a while. As you're growing in this, you can do this with your kids. If you're married and you have that privilege, hey, tell your spouse, hey, honey, get the kids for a while. I want, I want to spend some time with the one who loves me. Grab your Bible. And I want you to begin to look up all of the verses that talk about the love of God. There's a lot of them. You turn to the back of your Bible, and there's a concordance, and you look up the word love, and you just go down all of the verses that talk about the love of God. There's a lot. And you take your time, and you begin to mine those verses like treasure. You begin to read about God's love for you. You begin to convince yourself you begin to renew your mind. The Bible says we renew our minds. As you do that, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to begin to be transformed from the inside out. The way you think, the way you see, your faith, the way you interact with your kids, your spouse, with people. And you're going to begin to experience, keyword, God's love. Not just know he loves you, but pull it in and experience his love for you. How many of you are willing to do that? You're willing to do, grab that Bible, come on now, and open it up and start working for those love verses. Uh, we're going to pray and we're going to close, but my wife has something she just to add. One real quick thing, 
and then we're going to pray and we're going to close. I don't have the mic up here, but you can use this one. Thank you. Um, as I was reading my Bible, um, I was looking at these notes here that are really, really good. Um, and it says, the walk of faith. And um, this is talking about uh, Deuteronomy, because I'm trying to read through the Bible. Anyways, it says, Do not despise small advances. The process towards maturity is realized by small steps more often than by big ones. And just as Pastor was sharing with us, this walk of faith with God, right, as we learn about him, and as we pull these truths into our situations and our circumstances, um, it's by faith. And they're little steps. And that's how God works, right? Little by little, little by little. It's not fast. Everything isn't made perfectly. It, it doesn't, I haven't experienced things like that. It it's that pulling in his truths and trusting him and walking those truths out in that circumstance, Amen. right? That's when we see mm -hmm. God's grace and victory. And I just wanted to share that. Amen. Um, do not despise small advances, you know, little steps at a time. The process towards maturity is realized by small steps more often than by big ones. Amen. That's a good reminder. Would you just bow your heads as we pray? Let's pray that in Father. We just thank you so much for your love. We thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for the patience, the help, the strength of the Holy Spirit, who's going to help us to remember that spiritual maturity and growing in your love doesn't happen overnight, and we shouldn't be discouraged. We need to just keep our eyes on you, and little by little by little, you're going to grow us up into experiencing your love for us in every area of our life. Father God, thank you for helping us to do that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Did you, were you blessed by God's word today? I hope that you were. God bless you. Thank you. Hey, listen, don't forget, we got a lot of things going on. We're a smaller church campus, but we got a lot going on. So jump on our website, lakeshorecf.com, and uh, stay connected. God bless you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.